This might be the most challenging jingle. I don't know. Just have fun. Zach, have fun. No matter what, it's going to be good. The I'm Caroline Kowalczyk, life coach and your host of the On Purposeful podcast. I am so thrilled to have a very special guest on the show today. We went way back when we met in the eighth grade. He was one of my first friends moving to a new school. And since then, we've kept in touch and I've witnessed the blossoming of his career just get bigger and bigger. Often, the term prodigy is applied with minimal context. In the case of jazz pianist Christian Sands, it is appropriate. He has studied piano since the age of three and began composing at five years old. By 10, he was performing across the United States. After years of formal music education, he became a prodigy of the great pianist and educator, Dr. Billy Taylor. Like his mentor, Sands is devoted to performance, community involvement, and music education. His initial break came when he was asked to be a member of the world-renowned bassist Christian McBride's quintet, Inside Straight, at the Jazz Standard in New York City. After, he collaborated with McBride in a celebrated trio, which gained a Grammy nomination in 2013 with their release, Out Here. Over the years, Sands has performed, collaborated, and written with artists like Oscar Peterson, Herbie Hancock, Dee Dee Bridgewater, David Sanborn, Cecile McLaurin-Salvant, Coolio, A Tribe Called Quest, Robin Thicke, and Taylor Dane, to name a few, as well as scoring music for television and film. With multiple successful albums under his belt, his latest project, Be Water, was nominated in 2021 for Best Jazz Album in the 52nd NAACP Image Awards and Best Instrumental Composition in the 63rd Annual Grammy Awards. Now, that is probably the longest bio I've ever read on the pod, and you're not even that old. Kristen, welcome to the show. It's been a time coming. So happy to connect with you today. So good to be here. Caroline, wow. It's been a long time. I'm so happy for you. I love the podcast. I've been checking the podcast, the episodes out, and they are so awesome. Thank you for having me on here. Absolutely. You've always been someone that I knew I wanted to collaborate in the future. And I remember us when we were in high school and just like talking about music, jamming out and being like, we need to do something one day. I don't know what it is because I'm not a musician and obviously you are, but I was like, you're so creative and you're such a thoughtful person. And obviously you're a, a good friend of mine. And so I've just always known that I wanted to do something with you. So this is kind of like a dream for me to have you on today. And it feels like full circle in some ways. Oh, likewise. I mean, uh, when you talk about us growing up from the eighth grade and just hanging out and doing jam sessions and all that, what I loved about you, uh, you weren't exactly a musician, musician, but you had the musician's heart. You know, you had that creative freedom that you've always contained. And, you know, I I always knew that whatever you would do would be creative and it would be at a high level, whatever you chose, whatever medium you picked, you know, uh, whether it was painting, whether it was travel, whether it was, you know, martial art, I don't know, anything, I feel like you would have been great at it. So I'm really excited to be here and to talk to you uh, on this medium for you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Little Caroline is like freaking out right now. She's so happy (laughs) to hear that. You have no idea. Like my soul feels hugged right now. So thank you. Thank you. There's so many things I want to highlight about you, share about you. Obviously, who better than you to talk about all of the work that you've done? And there's so many places we could start, but I think a great place to start is Tell us about your journey to becoming Christian Sands, a multi-Grammy-nominated artist. Uh, I mean, you were kind of there already (laughs) (laughs) on that journey, you know. uh, But I I started playing uh, piano when I was one. I started lessons when I was about three or four. And 
it was just something I loved to do. You know, it was a way that I expressed myself. It was a way that I found freedom within everything that was going on in, in life. You know, I had a loving uh, family that was very supportive, um, that was uh, involved in a lot of the things that I wanted to be involved in. So it was uh, a great network to be with. Mm-hmm. I also had a lot of family friends or, you know, I, I grew up in the church. So a lot of the church members were around that really supported what I wanted to do. You know, whether that was, you know, giving me a stage to perform on, whether it was like in church or uh, I was also part of the choir too. So I was always involved in things. And uh, when you're involved as a young kid, as you know, uh, you just develop these connections and you really find the voice that you want to, you know, this is what I want to do. This is where I belong. This is where I thrive. And so with music, I found that music allowed me to kind of be in multiple places, you know, whether it was, and especially, I guess, maybe the way I understood music and never resonated with music, but uh, I can hang out with the artsy kids. I can hang out with the sports kids. I can hang out with the uh, the theater kids. I can hang out with people that were older than me that knew more about music. And, you know, uh, I remember the first concert I believe I went to was with my uncle, my uh, great uncle, and it was a James Brown concert, Wow! you know, and we connected on that. And I think I mm. had to have been maybe five or six, you know, and he was probably in his sixties or late, late fifties, sixties at that time, you know? So music allows you to uh, connect on multiple bases. And so just growing up in that, I think I had found a place where I could call home in a sense mm. and just perform and express myself. And, and doing that for so long, you know, um, I believe that's what the path was, was, you know. And so here we are today with, with Grammy noms and, and uh, me just working. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. A, a lot. lot. I know. Yeah. You are, you travel more than anybody else that I know. And it's incredible because like you're all over the place all the time. So when you said, I feel like I'm in multiple places at once, I feel like that carries through in your life to so many yes. other aspects. That is, that is real. <laughs> you weren't joking. Yeah. I'm really curious, like you said so many beautiful things that honestly gave me body chills because um, like being at a concert at five, six years old and being able to bond over something like James Brown with your great uncle. How do you think that is when you knew, okay, this is like my path? Because for people like me, my my whole life, I, I feel like I was so interested in a lot of things And maybe it's partially because, yeah, I just didn't know like what that one thing was. And I feel like you did growing up, like you just knew. And I'm curious how that developed for you, because obviously Mm. you had a very strong, keen interest and it was, I'm assuming, very obvious to your family. But like, how did you balance like knowing this is all me or this is like, I have this gift and like other people are also supporting me? Like, how did you really own that and for yourself? It's interesting because throughout my childhood into uh, basically up until really truthfully up until college, I didn't necessarily think of it as the path. I just this was just something I did, you know, and this is just something I did really well. I mean, I, I did a lot of things well, you know, I, uh, I was a black belt early on. I um I could draw, I can paint. I think I probably drew on your notebook growing up, you know, (laughs) plenty of times, (laughs) you know, um, I was very much into art. I was very much into poetry. I was very much into, you know, um, my, I I was a straight A student, you know, so I think that I did things well, but for me, what made me feel the best was Mm. making music. It was something that was, I mean, you know, I mean, you can, you can go back into, you know, when you're a kid and I mean, I loved uh, building things. So I loved uh, Legos. Right. And I love to like, just, okay, these are the instructions. I'll throw the instructions out and I'll just build whatever I want to. Right. So I, I love creativity. And so with music, I found that I could be the most creative Mm. without having any limitations in it. 
you know, um, yeah. because as, as, as people, you know, we grow up uh, from being kids, you know, there might be those moments where you're creative and you can't be, you know, yeah. or you're making a story. I mean, kids are so creative, you know, their imagination is, it, uh, is amazing. And so as you grow, sometimes those, those things are limited depending on the environment you're in, yeah. you know, whether, uh, you, you know, whether you're in a place where, Actually, now that I think about it, there was a there's a story that my parents had told me later on, but uh, I must have been in the second grade or first grade and I was tapping on my desk. Like, I guess I was practicing the piano on my desk or something. You know how kids fidget. Right. Mm -hmm. And my teacher at the time, I guess I can't remember which grade this was, but the teacher at the time called my parents and told me that uh, I was too hyper Mm -hmm. And I'm disrupting the class with tapping and, and I need to be on medication and this whole mm -hmm. thing. And my parents were highly against that, not mm -hmm. because that was what it was, but because it wasn't, but they understood that what, he, what he's doing is practicing the piano. What he's doing mm -hmm. is creating in his head about mm -hmm. these things. And so we're not going to do that. What we are going to do is enroll him in these extracurricular courses that require you to create in music. So after school, I uh, was in premier jazz ensembles in the uh, local community. Uh, shout out to Neighborhood Music School, New Haven, Connecticut. Yes! Uh, you know, right? Uh, shout out to ECA, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I was enrolled in a lot of those programs or after school programs uh, where there were instruments there and I could actually freely play, mm. you know. And so you know, sometimes you have that where there's people that don't quite understand it and yeah. they kind of put it in a certain situation where they're like, okay, well, you're doing this as a child. And if they don't recognize it, I mean, it's, it's, it happens. But right. I, luckily for me, I believe that I had parents that knew that. I had people in my core that knew that. Shout out to Adam Rubelman. He knew that. Yes, you know, Adam. my best friend <laughs> in the world. Yeah, we grew up with Adam. Uh, you know, he had the desk right next to mine. And so he understood that, you yeah. know? And so when you have people that understand what you're trying to accomplish um, as a child and not necessarily just, oh, I want to be a musician, but this right. is where I'm most comfortable, you know, as a teacher, right. you mm -hmm. kind of understand like, okay, well, mm -hmm. I can't just, just place this on top of the student. I have to see where they are and right. try to educate where they are and understand where they are, you know? And right. then, that's where we get some amazing, amazing, amazing teachers, you know, and uh, luckily we went through a great uh, school, Amity High School, shout out to Amity, mm -hmm. uh, which had a lot of great teachers. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it. I think it takes, you know, as they say, it takes a village. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, there's so much to unpack in what you just said with the recognition piece and just like having the right people around you at the right time. And like you said, being able to meet yourself where you are. And when you're younger, it's so important when you have your caretakers that are able to kind of see with a bigger picture that it's not all. I think it also comes back to like having this open mind that when someone is doing something that you don't understand it's not always a bad thing. It's not always against you or what Absolutely. you're trying to do, right? Being a teacher is not easy, right? Like one of the right, hardest right. jobs, I think. Right. Underpaid, Absolutely. especially in the United States. Um, whole nother podcast on that. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, so you could see a kid tapping and being like, okay, this is not helping me, right? And it's like, how do you approach that situation? And for someone to be able to be like, okay, let me think about this outside of the box. What do you need? What's missing? What's interesting? How can this, how can I connect with you literally as a teacher? Right. How can I connect with my students to see what's happening and understand that whatever they're doing is not always a reflection of, of me, Right. Absolutely. And I think that that carries on to like any type of relationship in in life as people. Right. In whatever you're doing is like sometimes things happen, things are said, things are done that don't match the way we were brought up. And so mm -hmm. it causes confusion. But I think if we could like connect with curiosity versus like thinking worst case scenario, 
then we're more prone to finding a solution that works for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Well, another thing that I wanted to bring up that as you were speaking, this came up for me because I've played multiple instruments growing up. I love music. And I think that eventually, like maybe I'm not giving up. (laughs) Like I still want to play. There's a part of me that's just like, I want to practice, but you know what it is? I realized how much freaking pressure I was putting on myself to be good at something. And that just took the joy away from whatever it was that I was creating, music or not music. And as an adult now, I am unlearning a lot of those thoughts and patterns and just, you know, being more present with it and enjoying the process, which I think is a whole thing. So I want to talk to you about that because you are a musician, an incredible musician. And did you ever feel like you had this pressure on yourself? And can you talk to that a little bit? Um, I didn't, not really. I mean, uh, you know, as, as a kid, I didn't have that pressure because this was just what I did. Mm-hmm. And I was the only kid doing it. You know, um, a lot of the people I was, when I grew up, I was performing with, uh, we're all in their 60s or 70s or 50s or 40s or 20s, you know, 30s, you know, so the, I was the only kid. Wow. You know, I was okay. the only one that was 12 playing with them. I didn't know? realize that level. Like when you said the the age difference <laughs> right now, like yeah. now I'm like, wow. Yeah. I so, mean, I knew so, you were amazing, but this is so like, when when we met in the eighth yeah. grade, you know, uh, in the few concerts that you've come to see me um, yeah. do over the years, you know, with along with Adam, you know, um, funny enough, you know, shout out. First of all, shout out to parents, shout out to my mother, my dad, my mom, especially because my mom understood the level of pressure I think there that could be there yes but when again when you have a support system right when you have someone like like Stephanie Sands my mother uh superwoman I call her right she's the best she I love your mom. she she's awesome um she some I don't know how she what even made her think of this but every time I performed as a kid she always made me bring a friend and she always made me bring a friend. And for me, I was just like, okay, cool. A friend can come to the show. But for her, it was my child still needs to be a child. Yes. So he still needs to have fun. Yes. So I never felt pressure at the job because I had you there. Mm-hmm. I had Adam there, you know? So on our breaks, we would go outside and we would play, you know, or we would just talk about what's happening in school and, you know, just be a kid. Yeah. And that was the that was the place where I got to do that, you know, yeah. other than outside of school, when I was in my professional area performing for people that are, you know, and, you know, when you're performing, especially at that time as a kid, you're, you know, I'm, I'm doing concert halls, but I'm also doing, you know, the local, like I was playing at uh, the local bar and grill every Friday, you know, and so that's, people are coming off of work. That's, that's adults that are adults right. coming off of work and they had a hard time. That's people <laughs> at the bar. That's uh, you know, it's a very different thing than being in the eighth grade, you know, that are, you know, there's people having deep conversations about their relationships on a date or, or, Hey, we need to talk about this because we might get divorced. Like those things are happening around right. and I am giving them the background to that music literally music. the background I'm literally music. the background music to that and you know? they're your background music and they're my background music right and so if i really as an adult i think about that and it's yeah. like that was that was really deep but mm-hmm. you know my mother i guess saw that or or just instinct maybe and yeah. was hey invite your friends from school mm-hmm. on the break you can hang out yeah. You know, and, and yeah. go outside, play, do whatever you got to do, come back, play the show. And then, you know, and then you guys would leave, you know, your mom will pick you up or whatever. And then, you know, yeah. it would be that. But so there was no pressure when I was growing up. Now, once I became an adult, there was pressure because now you have the adult part of it. Now you have mm-hmm. your life that's attached to it. Now you have, OK, if I don't do the if I don't do this, how do I make money? Mm-hmm. How do I pay these bills now? How do I connect with 
friends, connect with loved ones, connect with, you know, how do I have a relationship when I'm always on the road? Like now, now the pressure is that, you mm-hmm. know? And so when you go from a place where there is no pressure to immediate pressure, yeah, you know, it takes a little minute, which is why, you know, uh, something like 2020 was a really interesting time for self-reflection and for something that was like, oh, there's, there's, there's some things here that need to be addressed within myself as an artist, within myself as a man, within myself as a human being, you know? And so uh, I think, and that's not even just me being an artist. I think everybody needed to do that in 2020 anyway. Yeah. But uh, going back to answering your question, the pressure as a child wasn't there, which allowed me as an adult today to not have as much pressure or deal with pressure in a different way. Yes. Yes. I think that that's essentially what I'm hearing is that I think for everybody growing up and transitioning into adulthood, you're like, oh shit, this is serious. (laughs) This is, uh, and, and, you know, you don't have like your parents managing every, every step. And, um, if you grew up with that and it's, um, it's definitely a transition and I'm curious, you know, like how have you adjusted with the pressures that do come along as adults? Because I feel like this could really speak to so many people, even if you're not a musician, but just adults, you know, everyone is, is learning and unlearning things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things as a, as a, an artist, I mean, we feel things differently anyway. We feel things with much more raw emotion. And I think that the, the transition of pressures change, you know, for us, because not only do we have the everyday life of the home life and just being home and like, oh, shoot, I got to go buy groceries today. I don't have any, you know, I don't have any milk or I don't have this or I need to eat, you know, from those type of pressure or I need to, you know, take care of my partner or whatever to the pressures of, OK, well, how do I present myself to the world at the highest possible way I can? But then you might be met with, with obstacles in a way where like, okay, well, you know what you can bring as an artist, but then you'll face, say, well, we can only give you half of that, you know? So how do you still present and not be your fullest potential, I guess, in a way, you know? So right now I'm kind of dealing with that in a way in my career where there's a lot of things that are, that are moving in a beautiful way, but there's so much more to be done. And the mm-hmm. pathway for me is so clear of what needs to be done. But the question is, how do I get to that? Mm. So that's the pressure. Yeah. So now for me, that is the pressure of doing that. Now at home, yeah. the pressure is, how do I maintain relationships while I'm focusing on this? And, you know, I mean, not, not even as an artist, but, you know, this is people with nine to five. This is people yeah. that are like, okay, I have to do these jobs. I have to do this. Like I, I talked to my mother you know, and she's stressed out at work and she's like, well, I have to stay overtime. Right. I stay overtime. And now, now you're there longer than you're supposed to be. And you're trying to do all this work because somebody requires this. Right. And so there's a lot of pressure and then you come home and then you have to do the home stuff too. So, I mean, just being a human is a lot of pressure, but I think that, you know, uh, like we were talking a few months ago, when you have you know, again, or earlier today, the the support network, right? Mm-hmm. The support groups that you have and the ways you have those outlets and where you can yeah. find those outlets, whether that's with friends, whether that's with family, whether that's with, you know, uh, maybe a routine that you do. Maybe it's something that you, hey, after work, I'm going to go to the gym or before I go to work, I'm going to go to the gym mm-hmm. or I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm going to listen to this podcast, you know, Um I'm going to, on the weekends, I'm going to go to a comedy show. I'm going to laugh. You know, I mean, there's little ways that you find the release in the relief of it, you know? And so as long as we can find that, the press, you know, you have to release the pressure. It's like, you know, it's it's like cooking. You know me, I like to cook. And so, you know, and so sometimes there's that moment where you need to release pressure in order for something to really fully take shape and to, to, become what it needs to be. You got to be like water. There it is. Come on. 
Come on. The water, my friend. The but that's water. true. That is very yes. true. You know, that is it. I mean, we have to be able to, you know, be water, be like water. We have to be able to be flexible. And especially when these pressures, because, you know, the pressure is not always the same. Right. You know, and sometimes you yeah. can't see it coming either. Right. You know, and so you just have to be as prepared and as open to the adjustment as possible. I, uh, I remember I saw a podcast and it was the rapper T.I. with, I can't remember who the interview was with at the moment, but what he said was, you know, life is a, a bunch of adjustments that we have to make. And so we have to be prepared to make those adjustments when they are necessary. Yeah. And if you're not, that's when friction happens, when yes. you're not ready to make that adjustment. And that's okay. Right. But to understand that adjustment has to be made, you know, that's how you get through the storms. That's how you get through those, those problem areas or those, you know, the obstacles that you're facing is that to just understand that this is an adjustment that I have to make, you know, and you just have to find the purpose, the, the perfect adjustment to do in order to get around this obstacle. Yeah. Like when you were saying that, I was just picturing a waterfall, <laughs> you know, like yeah, when yeah. you don't expect, but the, the type of waterfalls where you're like, oh, this is so pretty. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, that, that's a waterfall. <laughs> and right, it's like, you're right. going with it. You're there's going different, with there's it. different perspectives of it. Right. You yeah. got to like, you know, prepare yourself, but also let go. And I think that when you were talking about having the right support in your life, routine, connecting, right? Doing what you love, allowing yourself. I think those moments allow yourself to be really present. And when you are able to connect yourself with that present moment, we can't always be present, right? Because we wouldn't get anything right. done if we were always right. present 24-7. Right. But that's what this is about. It's like, yes, there's always going to be things to do. But if you don't allow yourself to let go, enjoy, move your body. Like it's simple things yeah. that I've learned over the pandemic where, I mean, this week I had like two, I danced a lot and it's like incredible how much of a difference that made for me that, you know, I kept telling myself, do like, do I really need this? Because for so long I wasn't doing it. And then all of a sudden I did it. And it's like, I feel like a different person, you know, and Absolutely. I still work and I still have all of these things, but I'm connecting with myself more and things and decisions are a little bit more simple to make because I don't know, there's just this kind of, I don't want to call it balance because I feel like life isn't always about balance, but it's mm -hmm. about finding a rhythm. And when you're off rhythm, understanding that that's okay, you can always come back. And I think the more you're present and the more you connect with yourself, you remember that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel, you know, that there's multiple ways to look at something. It's all about perspective, right? I mean, when you take the idea of a waterfall, right, there's this beauty to it, you know, but then if you're right underneath the waterfall, it could be painful. If you're right on top of the waterfall, it could be, it can, it can scare you, terrifying. you know, it can be terrifying <laughs> yeah. or it could be a leap of faith and you're, you know, you're jumping off of this waterfall and, and you completely free for a moment. I yeah. mean, it really depends on the individual and, and the amount of pressure and the type of pressure that there is and the type of release that there is, you know, I mean, me being a musician, I deal with just the concept of tension and release all the time, especially as a jazz musician, because we can create that with sound, mm. you know, we can create that while, you know, writing for other artists, we can create that collaborating with other, but specifically with jazz, we do that on a whim all the time. That's why, you know, I always tell people, if you've never been to a, a jazz concert, you know, go, 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 go and experience it. Now there's different ways to experience it because there's different people playing it. You know, the beautiful thing about this, this music is that it is truly the reflection of the human race. It's truly the reflection of the human spirit. Mm. You know, you don't have to know how to read music. You don't have to not know how to read music. You can be as theoretical as you want to be. You can be as, as 
simple as you want to be. You can be as dense as you want to be. You can, I mean, really, truly who you are comes out in your music, you know, like, I mean, it, it, it crosses the board. It's, it's like food, you know, you just find the type of food that you like, the type of spices you like, the type of seasoning you like, and then you're good with that, you know? If you're vegan, there's vegan jazz, you know. <laughs> you know, if, I love it. Vegan you, jazz. If you like, if you like extra, extra fat and extra, you know, like you know, heavy, there's yeah. that. There's there's yep. barbecue jazz. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff. You like more intellectual style? Like there's that. There's you know, there's rock jazz. There's hip hop jazz. I mean, you know, there's so many different versions of it. And I like to tell people experience it so you understand. So you understand the truth of human emotion and human expression, because this is what it all is based on. And then you find out which ones you like. But within that, there is the pressure, there is the, the, the release, there is the tension, there is the release, you know. And so as a creator, I do that all the time. I, I deal with, okay, well, how are we going to do that? I, I manipulate that within music. And so when you kind of understand that there's a way to manipulate it, Yes. You can kind of manipulate it for yourself in daily life. Yes. You know? So you whether have the it's choice. Yeah. You have this choice. You, you literally have the choice. And sometimes you forget that you have the choice yes. because the pressure is so heavy. That's it. That's it. And I think that's why this is so powerful, is because absolutely there's times where it doesn't feel like it's a choice. It feels like things are happening to you. It feels like thing everything is so hard. You know, why me? Why? Right. But it's like, yeah. what can you do right now in this moment for yourself? Right. Okay. Cause there's, yeah, it's like the clean pain where things we're all going to suffer. We're all going to experience pain in this life, but we don't need to make it harder for ourselves. Right. Right. Don't make it even harder because it's already hard as it is. Yeah. You know, so don't, you know, and, and, and part of it is just acknowledging the struggle. In yeah. the process and knowing, understanding like, okay, I'm here. Yeah. I'm in this pace. I'm in this position. You know, whether you you got fired from a job or whether you're trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B and, and you're stressed out about that. Like right now I'm, I'm moving from uh, uh, my Connecticut home to Los Angeles and, and moving in general is a very, as you know, is a very stressful process. You know, whether it's from a different state to a different country, I mean, it's it's very difficult. Yeah. But understanding that it's difficult mm -hmm. and understanding that you're not the only person that's done this. And it's okay. And it's okay. And it's okay for it to be difficult. I think that's the thing. Like, I literally was thinking about this yesterday and I was like, let it be okay for you not to be okay sometimes. Let it be okay Perfect. for you to just... You know, don't make it a problem that things are hard. Yeah, yeah. Just say it's hard. You it's know, hard. yeah, it's hard. But you'll be able to do it. You know yes. what I'm saying? But it's hard. That's and all. And just accept it. Like, yeah, the second yeah. you accept it, the more it just kind of is easier because then you can start asking yourself, well, what can I do to make myself feel a little bit better, even while it's still hard? Right? What mm -hmm. can I do? And so your brain turns on to, living and looking forward to solutions versus staying in this victim mentality of like things are happening to me, right? Because everything is a transition in life. And of course, moving sucks because it's a transition. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It's it's not just, it's, it's so metaphorical, but it's like you're moving, but it's like you're yeah. really moving. You are, right, your right. energy is different. You are around different people. You're in a new place. There's a lot of unknowns, right? There's right. a lot of stuff happening, but right. that's also why it's so beautiful. And I think that deep down, we all know that that's why. Right. We do Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, and like we said, you know, it's all about transition and adjustments, right? And as long as we understand those two basic ideas of transition and adjustment, you know, we can actually harbor it a little bit better. We can grasp it a little bit better, you know, yeah. like moving, like, like moving, you know, okay, this is an adjustment. This is, I have to adjust to this new place, this new space, this new energy that I'm in, but I want to do it. Yeah. So as long as I want to do it, okay. I just got to figure out what the adjustment is and figure out how to release this pressure that is here. And once yes. I figure that out, then 
everything will be cool. And it might not happen overnight. And that is okay. Most likely yeah. it won't happen overnight. And that <laughs> is okay. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so, I mean, it's like anything. It takes time. You know, yeah. you, you know, you can't, everything is not instant and that's okay. Speaking of time, you know, like, I think that a lot of the pressure comes from putting a timeline on ourselves, right? It's like, would it really matter if you knew, for example, that you're going to move, it's going to be a transition, but you knew that this transition is going to bring you to the next level in your life. It's going to open up so many opportunities. It's going to be a new experience. It's going to be amazing, essentially. And there's going to be moments where it's hard. And maybe in the beginning, it'll be a little more difficult, right? Because we're we're figuring things out. But if you trusted that no matter what, this is going to be a great change, even if you end up staying there or not, but the right. move itself is a great change for you. Mm-hmm. If you trust mm-hmm. that, then the timeline doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even this, like how fast, you know? Absolutely. I mean, even the process of it is just a beautiful educator, you know, process is an educator in itself. Exactly. You know, um, I, I had an opportunity to have a teaching job in Florida and, you know, you got to go through the whole process, the whole, you know, they reached out to me, we need, you know, a new head of the piano department, you know, I'm like, all right, cool, great. And so going through the whole process and then I realized at the, at towards the, the, middle end of the process i i and this was also during the like right after 2020 so like a little bit into 2021 and early on in 2021 um in this process we've been doing this for like a couple months and at a certain point i had to think about it i had to think about okay so do i really want to do this do i really not want to do this yes i want to do this but how do i want to do this um what's the purpose behind it you know is it because there's no performances because of 2020, because of the pandemic, and I'm just taking this because of that, or do I really want to be here as an educator? For me, education is a big part of what I do. You know, it's a big part of my identity, so I am all for it. However, what else is what else is the pressures here? Identify the pressures, identify the tension, identify what we're transitioning into, and then you make the adjustment, right? And so, in the adjustment that I was trying to make, I realized within the process of it that. I actually don't, I'm not ready to do this yet, you know? And so mm-hmm. I decided not to take it, you know, as, as that. much as this process was, as, as much, you know, as time consuming as this whole thing was, I realized that I want to do this, but I want to do it in the time that I need to do it. And I don't need to do that now. What I need to do is these other things. So let me do those things first and let me come back to that idea. You know, and once I come back to that idea, I'll also have gained all this other knowledge and all this other, you know, wisdom and all these other skills that I have, which could add to what I was getting ready to do. You know, so um, I usually like to say, even to my students, I like to say, you know, just because it's offered to you now doesn't mean you have to take it, you know? Love that so much. Yes. Wait on it. Yes, that's part of, I think, having the confidence to be able to to say, I want to wait on this. I really, I like this opportunity, but I don't have to take everything. And I know that, you know, there's times where we talk about say yes more, say no more, right? There's all the things. But I think what's beautiful and like the under meaning or the deeper meaning behind that is exactly what you're saying is allow yourself to make a decision that reflects what you really want to do. And that sounds so simple, but it's not because there's like, we're talking about pressures. Oh, I should do this. I should do this. I won't get that opportunity again. Right. There's all of these beliefs, but when you have this deep trust within yourself and you have a clear idea of what your core values are, then it's a lot easier to trust that mm-hmm. and make decisions with more inner peace and just be okay with that. Absolutely. You know, because you know that you're going to grow regardless. And right. sometimes more opportunities make things more confusing. Right. Because there's more choices. 
Right. And it's like, oh, I, you know, you get overwhelmed because they're like, oh, I should do everything. Everyone's telling me to do everything. And it's like, who are you right now right. in this phase of your life? Not yesterday. Right. <laughs> right? right. Not tomorrow. Right. It's, it's easier. It's easier to hold one apple in your hand than five. Yeah. You know, yes. so and make it easier on yourself. Make it easier <laughs> As on we yourself. Were saying, uh, make it easier on yourself. Oh, man. OK, well, let's talk about jazz. Let's, let's hey, talk, let's about, talk about it. Let's talk about it. I remember a few months ago, we were talking about it and you said something really interesting to me that I thought was fascinating. And it was kind of like this idea that jazz is old or for older generations only. And I love when you highlighted that. And I would love for you to kind of share what you meant when you said that. Yeah. I mean, the music is a reflection of everyone. Right. So a lot of people think the genre, I mean, and, and at a certain point, the genre thinks that too, that is just for, it's like this time capsule and it's just only highlighting a certain era. Right. And if you, and, and I truly believe if you believe that, then that's, you know, that's your belief. I won't say it's wrong, but that's, that's what you want to believe, but you're limiting what it is. For me, I mean, I'm, I'm a 33-year-old jazz pianist, right? A pianist. And for 33-year-olds to not come see me is a little difficult because I reflect 33-year-olds. Mm. I reflect people that were born in 1989. So when people are coming to see, right, shout out to 1989. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for people to come see me that were born in like 1954 and 1967, and it's as beautiful as that is, they're not going to understand some of the things that I have to present. Now, they will understand some of the things I have because they understand the root of it, because they understand Herbie Hancock. They understand, you know, Oscar Peterson. They understand Miles Davis. They understand John Coltrane. They get that, right? But they don't understand where I'm trying to go because they weren't born the same time I was born. So for me, my job is to get my generation and the generation after me to come to understand like, Hey, I know exactly the same things, you know, and I'm playing the same things, you know, I'm doing it my own way, but I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there with you. We are one and the same. We are the same people, you know? And so jazz kind of has this, this kind of, I won't say it's a, it's a negative thing, but it's, it's sort of a, it's distanced from people. And it also has distance itself, you know? I mean, because when you think about people like Dizzy Gillespie, you think about Charlie Parker, you think about John Coltrane and Miles, like these people were a part of the community. They were 21, 20 years old. Right. And, and, and everybody was that, you know? And, and they were playing music reflecting all the time. They were playing music that was, you know, a lot of these musicians uh, went to war. You know, a lot of these musicians uh, were either in, in bands that perform for the troops, you know, that these things were happening. You know, some of the, I mean, you can go back. A lot of these musicians were playing and making music during uh, the Great Depression. You know, you go to 1930, you talk about rent parties where people couldn't afford rent. And so a lot of these musicians, these famous musicians, they would go to uh, these houses and like, okay, well, I need, I need to raise rent for this month. And so I'm going to have a party. And so there were no DJs back then. There were no you know, uh, people didn't have Siri or or Alexa. You know, uh, never mind. It always <laughs> hears me. Always hears me all the time. You know, so uh, technology, right? There wasn't that. There was what there was was musicians. Yeah. And so they would say, "Hey, Fats Waller, we want you to come and bring a band." And you know, they would bring a whole piano to an apartment up the stairs and set it up and play and raise money for this rent. You know what I'm saying? So the amount of togetherness there was for jazz and the rest of the world was so, you know, it was one and the same. And somewhere down the line, it just sort of shifted, you know, and jazz became its own thing. And we're about ourselves and we're about this, but we reflect the world, but we reflect it in the way we want to. And like, you either are with it or you're not, you know? And for me, I, I disagree with that. You know, I'm born in 1989. We we're, we are people that that understand that there's there's a place for everyone. 
You know, we understand that there's opportunities and there's ways to reach people. We reach people, you know? And so me being that musician, me being that person, that artist that was born then, I can play my music. I can hang out with people my age. I can make music that is older than me and younger than me, you know? And so for me to constantly have to make music uh, for older crowds, they're like, oh, this was nice, but you're not Miles Davis. It gets a little funny, right? And yeah. so my whole thing now, my whole vision and my whole goal as this artist is to make sure people understand that there are different choices and there are different ways to express and, and experience this music, you know? And it's not Louis Armstrong. We come from that, but it's not that. It's like we come from the Model T car, but no one's driving around in a Model T car today. Right. So, right. You know, these these vehicles are so incredible and they reflect the time of today. And so does the music. So, you know, I tell people, you know, listen to Theo Croker, listen to Keon Harold, listen to Ben Williams, listen to uh, Gerald Clayton, listen to Emmanuel Wilkins, listen to uh, Julius Rodriguez, listen to my brother, Ryan Sands, you know, listen to... Came out you know, with an this, album recently. Who came as well. out with an album we recently? Put that Absolutely. On the podcast Shout out to Ryan. Well. Shout out yeah. to Ryan. Standing on the edge of tomorrow. Woo, you know, love it. Right. I mean, even in that title in itself, standing on the yeah. edge of tomorrow. You know, I know. The, so powerful. I, I mean, that's Ryan though. He's super deep. You know. I know. I know. And the, yeah. the po- I, I gotta say, the art on the cover as well. Everything yeah. about that album is very deep and intricate and. Anyway, I yeah. had to just say that. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think that especially for, for people, you know, we, we don't, and musicians, we don't stop documenting what has happened in our lives, you know? And so to think that jazz is old, you're limiting jazz and you're limiting yourself into experiencing something that is absolutely amazing. Now, no, it might not be, you know, going to a Jay-Z concert. But it might be. It depends on who you see, you know, because that's the thing. It really depends on like, so if you are somebody who likes really high intensity and like just in your face music, there are musicians for that. There are, there's a whole bunch of people that do that. If you want something that's like, oh, I just want to chill and hang out and just vibe, maybe smoke a little bit, maybe not just, but chill. There's jazz musicians for that, you know? So really it depends on what you're looking for. And how open you are, you know? And how open you are. Because I think you just said, you know, had an incredible response to your mission, right? And it's it's just helping people see, like, the bigger picture of what it could be. And I think that that was always jazz, the the roots of it, right? Like, let's show people what it could be. Right. And you're continuing that legacy, and in your own way, in this generation's way. Right, right. But if we ignore that, then how can we lead each other? How can we right. support each other? Right. And right. it's there. It's there. It's available to you. Oh, I'm like emotional. That was like, <laughs> really like, I mean, and I'm going to do my homework and look up those artists that you mentioned and listen to them. Because I haven't heard a lot of the names that you mentioned, and it's really nice to be able to just have the opportunity to know. And the amazing thing, too, is most of these artists that I've mentioned are in the music that everybody listens to. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, Theo Croker has made music with J. Cole. You know, uh, Keon Harrell has made music with uh, Common. You know, uh, uh, Robert Glasper has made music with Kendrick Lamar. You hear him on the record. So these people are there. You just had no idea that these are these people, you know, and they're everywhere. I mean, you know, uh, myself, I work with a whole bunch of different artists. So you'll hear me on the radio and you like, oh, that piano sounds good. That's probably me, (laughs) you know, Uh, you know, and it's, and so we're, we are in it. We're in it, but, but we're in it in a, in a different way, but we also have our own things as well. So what I tell people is to support it all the way around. You know, if you like a certain, it's like, you know, like with hip hop, hip hop is a version of jazz. Mm. You know, if you think about the origin story of the, both of them, they're the exact same. They come from each other. Well, well, hip hop comes from jazz. You know, it was a place where people that were 
not as fortunate had a place to express themselves fully. And that was jazz. I mean, jazz wasn't even called jazz. It was, it, there was no name for it in the beginning. And then, you know, people decided to call it the word jazz. Now, now that's a whole different conversation for a different podcast of what is jazz and what isn't jazz and that whole talk. But the idea of a music in an ex, a place where we need to express ourselves as a people, as Black people, hip hop started the same way. You know, this is how we're using turntables. This is what we're doing with this. We're going to mix this with this. We're going to repeat these sections here. We're going to express ourselves. We're going to now talk on top of it. We're going to use our voices as our instruments because we couldn't afford instruments. So now we're going to just use poetry as this, you know? Now we're going to put dances to this. Like that was what jazz was, you know? That was the Lindy Hop. That was, you know, swing dancing. That was all these things came from that. Yeah. You know, and so when you really look at the two of them, they both are brother and sister in a way, or brother, little brother, or sister, little sister, you know, the way, whatever way you want to look family. at it. You know, they're they are family. family. They are family. Yeah, they're the foundation. Absolutely. And the family is so big because it also goes into different types of music. It also goes into country Western music. It also goes into certain points of classical music. It also goes into house. gospel music, it goes into mm-hmm. house music. It goes into, you know, like, I mean, there's so many things yes. that it goes into experimental music. Uh, you know, I mean, every day we go into film. I mean, I'm writing for film. There's a lot of people that I know that have written for film. Shout out to Chris Bowers. Chris Bowers is an amazing pianist, composer, uh, we both were in school at the same time. He was at Juilliard. I was at Manhattan School of Music. And Chris Bowers, now you know him for making the music to Bridgerton. You know him for making the music to Space Jam. Wow. You know him for making the music to Green Book. You know, like that is him. 33 years old, jazz pianist. So we are among everyone. You just got to know what you're listening for. Oh, I'm like, I, can't, I feel like I need to like, I don't know. I need to find a way to be able to like, yeah, I got to go video because my, <laughs> my oh, reactions yeah, yeah, to yeah. you talking. People don't understand. People don't understand what's happening behind the scenes right now. People don't but, understand the fit that you are having. <laughs> it, is, it is, it is wonderful. Yes. Yes. It's pure joy. And it made me think like, okay, so let me just calm down, process everything. <laughs> Jazz is not background music right like i know i mentioned it before because of the situation that you were talking well, about because right? that, that was the case. situation which which it was for right but this is the thing is like i think the way you're highlighting jazz and explaining it and some people might think that jazz is still just that it's like you just laid it on with the facts and the reality of how ingrained it is in our life and we don't even know it, you know, yeah, like, I mean, and it's, it's, it's all over. It's absolutely, absolutely. You know, there's one of my teachers, uh, his name is Jason Moran. He's a pianist. I mean, pianist is kind of like a understatement for Jason because he's, he's really just an entity. Like he is, it's hard. It's hard to, you cannot put this man in a box. You cannot. He happens to play the piano. But it's just, it's hard. And he's got an album, one of my favorite albums, and the title says it all, is Soundtrack to Human Motion. Ooh. And literally, that is what this music is. It is the soundtrack to humans in motion, you know? And also being still is emotion, you know? Like, there, there is all of that, you know? So it really depends on what you are and who you are and what you identify with and what you identify as. And there is a music for this, you know, and jazz contains all of it, you know? You, so when people are like, oh yeah, jazz, and they think of like La La Land, first of all, that's, that's a type. I won't say it's not, it is a type. I will be open <laughs> and I'll say it's a type, but there's way more. There is, there's a substantial amount of different things than that. And I, you know, I implore people to check it out. Yeah. Just because, you know, it's, it's, we reflect, we reflect us. We are us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
I'm like, there's so many directions I could go right now. And this is really just flowing. I feel like Be Water is the name of the album. Is the album. It is the name of the album. It should be the name of the podcast. Yeah, episode yeah. Because it's it's so symbolic of yeah. how this conversation is going. Okay. Tell me about like what are you working on now? You mentioned film. I know you're making music. You're always making music. You're always performing. What are you doing like day to day? What are you working on? Uh, who? That's a deep question. I mean, we can get as deep as we want in this water. That's right? what this is for. <laughs> That's what this is for. You know, well, on an, on an immediate level, on, a, on an artistic level, um, uh, music creating, you know, writing, working on a new album or, or at least ideas for a new album, you know, uh, it's reflected within what I go through every day. So the second part to that is working on myself, working on the self, working on bettering the self, working on letting things go, working on obtaining new things, you know, obtaining new knowledge, uh, you know, all of that. So it all goes hand in hand. Working on moving, like I mentioned before, you know, so trying to get all that handled while I'm going to be on the road. I'm leaving this week. I'm leaving to teach uh, at Monterey, uh, in Monterey, part of the Monterey Jazz Festival, doing some uh, education work there. And then the following week, I'm in Europe for a few weeks until the end of July. And then right after that is uh, my move date, <laughs> like I think a week after that. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on, but working, working on, on movement, working yeah. on on how to maneuver around these things, working on the music is reflecting that, working on music yeah. that reflects that, you know. I'm also working with different artists. Can't name who yet because I, I can't right, yet. Right, but, right, But, you know, if you we'll hear piano. Listening. Yeah, if you hear a piano, it's, it's probably me. <laughs> uh, film scoring, yes. Uh, working with some clothing designers. So that'll be also that too. People that know me on Instagram and, and they know I'm into fashion. Well, fans know I'm into fashion as well. So uh, working for some different designers, uh, working with some different companies. That's coming up, which I'm really excited about. Uh, working on, what else am I working I'm always working on something. Cooking in the kitchen. Cooking in the kitchen. <laughs> right, right. Working on feeding myself. Yes. <laughs> no, let's not, let's not um, pretend like you're eating cereal here. I mean, right, right, I've right. Seen I, I do nothing okay. against cereal, by the way. But right, no, this cereal's cool. I'm like, those pork chops look delicious. Oh, thank <laughs> you, like thank you. Oh yeah, you gotta try some. Balsamic glaze or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I'm gonna send you some. But again, you know, cooking, cooking for me is just another uh, way of expression. Yeah. Too, it's, it's another way of like we said earlier about that releasing the pressure. Yeah. You know, and finding a different outlet to do it. I love to cook, so, of yeah. uh, you know, and I love finding new recipes, and I love trying to, you know make new things. And I love trying to make things without recipes and just see what happens, you know, but also understanding what goes together, how much salt to put on something. Well, if I'm not yeah. using salt, well then how much, you know, garlic am I going to use on this? Or how much pepper am I going to use on this? Or how much, what am I going to do with this? And how am I going to saute these things? Or yeah, how can I make a reduction of this? You know, like, so there's different things I'm I'm learning about it. So I'm growing, I'm working on that. But I'm yeah. also that's also a part of working on yourself as well. Yes. You know? So it never it never ever stops, you know. Right. For people around the world, I'm also um I'm part of a collaborative effort with Soho House. So uh I will be doing some concerts and creating in uh, uh creating some concerts throughout the year in different parts of the world at these houses. So for those so so those that are Soho House members, you'll be able to see me there. You know, we can chat, we can hang out, you know, you can listen to the band up close and personal and it's a very exclusive thing. So we're also working on that. I'm also working on some, uh, some free things as well for people that, that want to come and check out the bands and everything that, you know, that might not be able to buy a ticket or, uh, you know, just go to a certain place. We're also doing that. I also teach as well every once in a while when I have a moment. So I have a few students. So shout out to my three students that I have. You know, so lucky. Um, that's right. That's you no, know, it's fun. No, I'm I'm lucky because these these students are so 
they're amazing. I can't wait to see what happens with them because, yeah. you know, not only just because I'm their teacher, but also as an artist, these are the next voices that you'll hear from us. You know, yeah. uh, uh, these are the people that are going to shape things for us, for our kids, you know? So that's also why I'm like, okay, these are the things you need to do as students. So yes. when my kids come around yes, and they're going to study with you or they're going to hear the things that you put out in the universe, in the world, you know, you know, there's a direct link between them and us and me and, you know, people before me and all that. So. Yes. And I feel like the conversation that we were having earlier about being open to what this generation is bringing, what the next generation is bringing is so important so that we can stay more connected versus putting us in categories or boxes that make us feel more distant from ourselves. So absolutely. Absolutely. I'm also working on a TikTok, kids. I'm working on it. (laughs) Because people keep asking me to do yep. it. And so I'm, yep. I'm working on figuring out what that even means. Yeah. You know, as a 33-year-old man, I'm just like, <laughs> what's what's the TikTok? And yeah. they're like, it's it's just TikTok. It's just TikTok. That's it. It's you. <laughs> it's basically it's just it. you. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. So I'm working on I'm working on that now. That's you know. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, you are working on a ton. And I love that we also talked about the personal side because that's why that's exactly why the pork chops came up. Because yeah. for anybody listening out there, it's not just the professional side. Like this is life, right? Like we get to we get to choose what we want to work on. And when you plant those seeds, um, eventually those those things grow. <laughs> those things, absolutely. those plants grow. Those plants, absolutely. Yeah. Before I let you go, Christian, I got to ask you this because I remember this is another story I remember. And I just got to, I got to, I got to have this on the pod, (laughs) on the episode. Yeah. I remember a long time ago. Well, no, last summer we, we met up, we got lunch and you told me about the Warren Buffett story. Oh yeah. I would love, (laughs) I would love for you to, to share that because I think it's like, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, uh, everybody on this podcast, I'm assuming, knows who Warren Buffett is. If you don't, Google him. Google Warren Buffett right now. I'll take a second. We'll take a deep okay. breath. We'll take a deep breath. We'll just meditate for you to understand the who this man is. Right. So I was called to perform for a family member of Warren's for uh, her birthday. And at the time, I didn't know who he was. I was a, I think I was a sophomore in college or a freshman in college, something like that. And it was a solo piano function. They were like, we want solo piano at this birthday party. And, you know, um, this is her name. And so uh, if you can find some music that kind of reflects her name. And then also this is her favorite song. So if you can play that too, it'd be great, right? So I was like, okay, cool. And, you know, And I went, I had a keyboard, so I packed my keyboard up in my car and I drove and I, you know, unpacked it and it was a beautiful space. I can't remember exactly where it was. And uh, I literally left my dorm room, went up to this place and unpacked it, you know, played the birthday party, you know, uh, really nice, really, really cool. I met Warren. I didn't know who he was and I met him and he was like, oh, thank you so much. You know, like we, it was such a beautiful show, well, concert, whatever, you know, because they really, it wasn't background. It started out that way. Um, I think his grandson or granddaughter was the one who hired or something like that, you know. And he was like, it was really beautiful. I mean, they they sat there and they listened, you know, which was really amazing. And they're from that era too. They were like, oh, it's jazz and we're going to listen to this. And they got up and danced a little, swung dance a little bit. So we played, you know, I played little little tunes for them. And at the end of that, you know, he had his checkbook out and he's like, how much do you want? And I was, you know, and I was a kid and I was like, ah, you can. How eh. old are you? Uh, had to be like 18 okay. or ni- 19, something uh-huh. like that. You know, and I'm, I'm, I don't know. And I'm, and I'm not a, you know, and I'm not a greedy person or anything. So I was like, I mean, you could, you know, it just could be like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks. I'm cool. Like, or just pay for the gas. Like, I'm good. Like, all I want to do is play. Like, that's all I want to do. So 
he he looked at me and he's like, oh, okay. You know, and he, he wrote the check out, right? And he was like, what school do you go to? I was, it was like Manhattan School of Music, you know. Um, and he's like, and you live on campus there? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, cool. So I left. And like a week later, I got a letter in my mailbox from him. And in it was a letter and another check. And this check was just, is a lot. It was yeah. a lot of money. It was yeah. a lot, right? And in the letter just simply said, don't be afraid to ask for what you want because you might actually get it. Sign Warren Buffett. And I was, and that was the best lesson I've ever had in my life because it taught me, don't be afraid to ask for things that you want because you actually really might get it, you know? Just put it out there. Like, like me and you talk about, Caroline, put it out in the universe. Ask for it and see what happens. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask for that promotion. Don't be afraid to put it out in the universe and be like, you know, I want that. You know, don't be afraid to say like, okay, well, I want to be this, this recording artist or I want to be this great interior designer or I want to be that. Like, ask. Ask how to do it. Ask, ask all the questions. You know, self-care. It's all about self-care. It's about taking care of yourself. You know, it's not selfish. It's self-care. So ask, you know, thank you, Warren, for that. Woo! I mean, what, what's a better story than to summarize with ask? I mean, it's almost like I enjoyed listening to it more this time because it was such a good reminder, even for me. And anybody listening, you know, follow your curiosity, nurture yourself, take care of yourself, be okay with not being okay. Don't make it harder. And um, yeah, Christian, I cannot thank you enough. This was so much fun. I think this is going to be the longest episode. And I... I don't care. Like, I'm like, every (laughs) single part of this was pure gold. And I am just so excited to see what you do next. And I'm so excited to connect with you, whether that's in Connecticut, in New York, in California, wherever you are in the world. So grateful to have you as my friend. And I would love for you to tell people where they can find you, how they can support you. Let us know. My music is everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. I have a whole bunch of things on Amazon as well. Google me. You'll be able to find me. I'm very easy to find. And uh, come out, support. Whenever I'm playing in your city, if I'm in your town, come and hang. You know, tell me you you heard me on Caroline's podcast and you want to come and shout out and, and, and hang out. We'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll hang out. You'll hear some good music. So, you know, I'll be I'll be everywhere. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I can't wait to come to a show soon. It's, it's, it's been a while since I've been to one of your last performances and I can't wait. So again, thank you so much, my friend. This was so much fun and I can't wait to see what you do next. Definitely. Well, thank you for having me. Much success on this podcast. This is so much fun. You are going to do amazing on this series. So I'm excited for you and I can't wait to see you and the husband. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, uh, eating your cooking next time too. (laughs) Hell yes. uh, Hell yes. We got to have an Argentine asado here. There we go. And I'll make some Polish food too. Perfect. (laughs) You get a little bit of everything. Bueno. Ciao. Ciao.